Hey there, sports fan. Welcome to the Draft Site Podcast, your home for all professional sports drafts. Brought to you by DraftSite.com, the original full round mock draft site. Now let's get to the show. at DraftSite.com, and it's DJ Boyer here with another exciting podcast for you. Reason for the podcast, we're coming down to the wire in college football. Conference championships are coming up, major bowl games, BCS, college football playoff. A historic week last week where number two, three, and four all lost. We've seen Louisville, the team poised to make some noise, currently at number five, lose on Thursday. Seems like more teams are losing than winning. We're here to give you the the lowdown on everything. Plus, it is November, November 19th as of the day of this recording. Close to a week ago, we came out with our version 9.0 of our draft, but it's not a one-round mock draft. It's not a two-round mock draft, three, four, five, six, or six. It's a seven-round mock draft with an extra round with compensatory picks. Of course, another 32 picks which will be slid into the draft at some point, some point along the way. Uh, that's usually announced about 45, 45 days uh, before draft day, 45 days or sooner. And when that happens, of course, we'll slide that into position. Every week or two, we are updating the draft order and giving you the most up-to-date order where the teams currently stand with today's records. Find us another site that does that week in and week out has a seven-round-plus mock draft. I'll give you a minute to think about that, folks, because I don't think another one exists. DJ Boyer here to break it down for you. So we're, we're going to go through this first round. We're going to talk about some players that are on the way up, players that are on the way down. Top pick, well, of course, it's the Cleveland Browns. are the only team that's winless at the NFL level, still searching for that first win. Are they going to go quarterback? Not quite sure. Of course, it's a possibility. Maybe they go in later rounds, but we've seen them, what is it, six quarterbacks now in a year and a half. It's just absolutely ridiculous on the amount of injuries, poor play. That's kind of beset this team. RG3 kind of came over, was supposed to be the starter this year. That lasted a whole game. Of course, the Johnny Manziel saga. We've had a couple people we've went through with McCown. They did draft Cody Kessler last year. Out of USC, kind of a smallish kid, six one and change, hasn't played that bad. You look at Cody Kessler's stats; he's not lighting the world on fire, but he's not really losing the Cleveland Browns a ton of football games. I still say that it's the most optimistic zero win team I've ever seen. Josh Gordon, that was a little bit maybe maybe the worst news they've received all year. You know, back into. Uh, a treatment facility, not seeing the field, putting him with Terrell Pryor, who the conversion from quarterback to wide receiver right now has paid dividends. Terrell Pryor is looking very good. He's a, he's a big play threat, but there's really nothing else to pair him with. Running game's been decent. We haven't seen Duke Johnson really take off. I mean, on special teams, he's done a great job. Good, good receiver out of the backfield. Isaiah Crowell, he's run the ball okay. Defense has been spotty. They give up. They give up big plays, but they're not absolutely hard. They're they're signs of improvement here. We, they just can't seem to seal the deal, and it's really frustrating in a division where 
gosh, nine wins might win you the might win you the AFC North this year. Ten wins, you're you're on cloud nine. If the Browns just had a couple of wins right now, they'd still be in the thick of a division race. Cincinnati struggled. Anyways, Cleveland is at the top of the heap. We actually have them with Jonathan Allen, the defensive end out of Alabama, who we thought made a poor decision last year. He was a first-rounder. He decided to come back. He's having a marvelous season. He's actually number five currently on our Heisman rankings. Seven and a half sacks on the year entering uh, week 12. Countless quarterback pressures. Just making tons of tons of plays. He's a guy that can play end. He can play defensive tackle. You can use him in a 3-4. Maybe a 4-3 defensive tackle. Just a very versatile player. I, I think there's a number of, of people who are kind of vying for that top spot. I think Miles Garrett, that's another player. Deshaun Kaiser, if he does declare. The sophomore quarterback out of Notre Dame. But he is a redshirt sophomore, so he is draft eligible. We're giving Jonathan Allen the nod right now as we speak. Miles Garrett, defensive end. We've had him as the number one prospect the entire year. Junior defensive end from Texas A&M. We have him going number two overall to the San Francisco 49ers. You're saying, wait a second, DJ. Doesn't San Francisco need a quarterback? Yes, they do. Uh, Is there a possibility they go quarterback here? Absolutely. I believe right now there's a very strong possibility they go for a quarterback somewhere in the later rounds. You take that guaranteed stud, someone that you know is going to pay off, and even though you've got a guy in Chip Kelly, does he go beyond one year? There's some serious doubts there. But looking for that high-octane offense, it's the offense, the gimmicky system that's made people so excited about his entrance into the NFL. But as we've seen, that defense is on on the field a lot. You've got to have studs on, on the defensive line, and you have to be deep on the defensive line. Well, as long as they play, you have to rotate some of those uh, players in and out, and you've got to make sure that you're not just one deep. You're two deep at every position, probably even three due to injuries and people getting nicked up. So getting a, a stud defensive end, who I, I don't believe we're alone in saying that he's probably the best prospect in this draft but just the most surefire prospect on the board, if he's still there at number two, why wouldn't, why wouldn't San Francisco take him? Why take another flyer on a player that may or not pan out when you can get a defensive end somewhere you know, where you need some help and just absolutely sure that position up? Why not? Chicago Bears at number three currently. Deshaun Kaiser, there he goes. Playing in the Midwest currently. Chicago. We've seen it. Is that really Jay Cutler's team? Don't think so. It's time to start looking toward the future. And and Chicago, I think, is they're really kind of in blow-up mode right now, so as it is. Once the ascension of another quarterback, not named Jay Cutler, actually takes takes the reins full-time there in Chicago, then we can say it's really kind of blown up. You got a young guy in Kevin White. You've, you've retained Alshon Jeffrey, even though he's got a little bit of suspension here. You've made countless picks on defense. Seem to have something in uh, Jordan Howard. Pretty good running back that, that that we've liked for a long time. Came to Indiana for you for one year after the UAB football program folded, and then got back on its feet the next year. But he was able to transfer without sitting out because of that. He's having a fantastic uh, rookie campaign. You really. 
really kind of seeing some some signs of life there. And someone is maybe a little more durable than a Jeremy Langford, the running back that I thought many thought would actually take the reins once Matt Forte had left and is now with the New York Jets. Well, we're speaking so much about running backs. Let's get one off the board at number four. Jacksonville Jaguars, Leonard Fournette, running back from LSU. Probably the best running back prospect we've seen since some guy named Adrian Peterson. Todd Gurley was well thought of and a top ten pick as well. But I think Fournette's just a, a can't-miss prospect. I think that he's going to be... Uh, there's like a there's like a 99.9999% chance he'll be turning pro. Don't think we'll be seeing him in LSU, especially with some uncertainty surrounding the head coaching situation with Les Miles replaced. Ed Orgeron is currently the interim. What's going to happen there long term? I think Fournette bolts. He's a top ten pick. Jacksonville has had. Oh, a little bit of success running the football, but they, they haven't been they haven't been consistent. They had Denard Robinson there. They had T.J. Yeldon. Just not the consistency there. I think that with with a very very good second season that Blake Bortles had last year, people are saying has he regressed? Not really. I think that he really hasn't taken the step forward. Maybe he's regressed a little bit, but. You know, you've got to have that consistent running game to go along with it, and I think maybe Bortles is trying to do a little too much right now. And it's really going to depend. Uh, I, I think this draft pick, we kind of got to wait. Is Fournette going to go here or maybe number five to the New York Jets? Because it all comes down to who's going to be coaching Jacksonville. Because I said it at the start of the season. I thought Gus Bradley was the lame duck heading into this year. I don't think he survives. I think Gus Bradley will be gone by season's end. So we have Leonard Fournette at number four. Number five, we've got those New York Jets. Jabril Peppers, the safety. Safety, linebacker, running back, wide receiver, kick returner, punt returner. I don't know what you want to label him. We'll have him as a safety. Maybe that kind of strong safety outside linebacker hybrid, which I think is becoming more of the hybrid position in the NFL now, much more than like the outside linebacker defensive end that we've seen kind of be that tweener in the last ten years. We're starting to see that between safety and outside linebacker. player like Thomas Davis out of Carolina, someone who's kind of done that. A couple other players that could really do that. Um, you know, Sean Taylor, the late, great Sean Taylor before he was taken from us way too early, you know, would play some linebacker at times for Washington due to his size. Brian Dawkins, near the end of his career, great safety for Philadelphia. There were a number of packages where he was actually lined up as a linebacker. We saw the same with Bob Sanders in Indianapolis. And I think Jabril Peppers is that type of player. I think it really is going to depend on the team that takes him. He can probably play either position. We've seen the versatility. We have him at number five going to the New York Jets. Rest of our top ten currently, number six, Tennessee Titans. Although it's not Tennessee's pick. That is actually the L.A. Rams pick. Or was their pick, and Tennessee has it now uh, as a part of the Rams moving up to get Jared Goff. We've got them with Malik Hooker, a draft-eligible sophomore out of Ohio State. Very, very talented secondary in Ohio State there, and, and Malik Hooker could be leaving early. As a matter of fact, as we're talking about this, Ohio State has just defeated Michigan State in a squeaker, 17-16. I thought we were going to have a, a, another upset on our hands. Michigan State going for two late in the game didn't pan out. 
Jamal Adams, another safety at number seven, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Boy, we're seeing a lot of – is it really just the fact that the safety class is this good going into next year, or is it the fact that teams are putting more of a, a premium on safety? You know, they, they've got to come up and they've got to defend the run. With, with the passing attack and the evolution of the passing game at the NFL level, you know, good safeties are, are becoming just as important, if not more important, than cover, you know, than, than cornerbacks, true cover men. And we've heard it so much before, and so many people have said this, that really the days of having that man-to-man cover guy are, are, are really kind of passing us by, the, the way the game has evolved. So going for those, those safeties who can cover a lot more ground, it's becoming more and more apparent. I think we're going to see safeties going higher on the board. It's usually a place where we didn't see players go in the top ten very often. We've got three in the top ten in this draft. Again, if you want to call Jabril safe, uh, Peppers a safety, that would be three straight safeties in a row. But sticking with the secondary, at number eight, currently the Carolina Panthers, Jalen Tabor, corner from the University of Florida. Someone else would have to declare one of the best corners, and Florida. We've seen Florida corners year in and year out. Uh, the secondary and the recruiting down there in Florida, it's just amazing. Another player who, this is quite interesting, at number nine, currently the Arizona Cardinals, we have Mitch Trebinsky, the quarterback from North Carolina. i got to think about this. It's his first year as a starter. Trebinsky was a very, very highly sought-after prospect, um, very highly rated, could not wrestle that job away from Marquise Williams, who, who started the, the first two seasons that Trubinsky was at UNC. Trubinsky's having a wonderful year. Some of the best stats there were, I mean, he had two very bad games, one playing in the monsoon against Virginia Tech, and the opening, his first, first game as the true starter, um, where, they, where they dropped their opener against uh, Georgia. Other than that, he's been lights out. Now, they currently, they, they lost a game recently to Duke, but he wasn't horrid. Tremendous touch. And, and you really got to wonder, I think that he would benefit from coming back another year. But then again, this is going to be a quarterback class that's not going to be as, uh, I don't think there's the surefire pick there. I think it's going to be a little bit of a, quote, down year for quarterbacks. And because of that, Trubinsky may throw his, his hat into the ring. There's a possibility. Maybe he's even the first quarterback off the board. Don't, don't say that Kaiser, if he even comes out, is a shoe-in at number one, because he's definitely not. We'll quickly go through some of the, the rest here. Derek Barnett at number 10, the defensive end from Tennessee. I've said this is the wild card pick. He's a guy that I think could break into the top five. Love Derek Barnett. I think he's been lost a little bit in the shuffle of things that have gone on at Tennessee, and the high expectations they had then kind of fell flat after that three-game losing streak. Derek Barnett's been lost in the shuffle a little bit, but he continues to play well. And not only in the shadow of that offense, but in the shadow of Miles Garrett, the, the defensive end we talked about at Texas A&M. Barnett may be the second best de- true defensive end at the college football level. He unfortunately plays in the same conference and is the same year, a junior, as Miles Garrett. So he's a guy that gets overlooked a little bit, but don't overlook Derek Barnett. Now, you're really not settling if you get a player like Derek Barnett. We have him with Cincinnati, number 10. Number 11, Marlon Humphrey, the corner from Alabama. Roll Tide, they continue to roll. Buffalo, they're not as far away as you think. They've, they've got some pretty good depth there. I think it's just shoring up a couple of positions. Buffalo is very, very close, very, very close uh, to being a 
not only a playoff team, but a team to really reckon with. They just have to play with a little more consistency. John Ross, this is the guy who's flying like a rocket right now. Number 12, Tennessee, this is their true pick. John Ross, the wide receiver out of Washington, uh, on the end of Jake Browning's wonderful year, probably the best quarterback at the college football level right now. But Browning is a true sophomore, not draft eligible until next year. John Ross, you know, maybe he hooks up with him one more year, maybe he does come out. If he, uh, he's just putting having a fantastic year. Another running back at number 13, the Indianapolis Colts, Dalvin Cook. Listen, Frank Gore can't do it all year. Uh, can't do it too much longer. Our first tackle off the board at number 14, I will actually have to go back and look. When's the last time we haven't had a tackle in the top 10? It'll be a long time. We may not have one this year. I mean, we could. Cam Robinson, also, roll tide. Alabama, number 14. Going to the San Diego Chargers. 15. This guy is with John Ross as far as maybe the two players in the first round that are moving up the fastest. Miami Dolphins at 15. They take Zach Cunningham. and can play inside or outside the linebacker from Vanderbilt. Quite possibly could be defensive player of the year at the college football level. I don't care if Vanderbilt is, may not be going to a bowl game and is not particularly competitive week in and week out in an SEC. This guy is just absolutely fantastic. Just watch him. If you get a chance, I mean, I'm, not a lot of people out there who are in Tennessee or not Commodore fans are going to be turning into Vanderbilt fans. Come on, I, I understand what's going on here. But do yourself a favor. Try to watch a couple of plays when Vanderbilt's on defense. Tell me you just did not see the athleticism exuding from Zach Cunningham. This guy has superstar written all over him at the next level. We've got him number 15 in Miami. And, again, this guy could be a top-five pick as well. The way he's moving up, don't put it past him. Malik McDowell, defensive tackle for Michigan State. Awful year Michigan State's having, but McDowell continues to be a solid presence in the middle of the field. Pittsburgh Steelers, they've been good at defensive tackle. They haven't been great. I don't think they've been great since the days of Casey Hampton. This is really not really the need pick. It's just, hey, Malik McDowell's on the board. I think the Steelers would be crazy to pass him up. A couple of players in the secondary currently at 17 and 18. New Orleans, Dory Jackson. The corner from USC, guy that we've seen play some offense, kickoff punt returner, play some wide receiver, see him line up in the backfield, just like Jabril Peppers. A little bit undersized, but he is lightning in a bottle. New Orleans could use a player like that. Desmond King, the corner from Iowa, we had as the top corner coming into the season. Still think he's up there. He hasn't had the monster year. Still think he should have came out last year. But we currently have him 18 to Green Bay. Now the Browns pick again at number 19. This is the Eagle selection. Currently, this is where the Eagles sit after the Carson Wentz uh, trade. We have them with Reuben Foster. Again, roll tide, third one in the first round. Linebacker from Alabama. Juju Smith-Schuster, the wide receiver from USC, going 20 to the Detroit Lions. Could this be the heir apparent to Sir Calvin Johnson as he retired a little bit unexpectedly at the beginning of the year? Golden Tate's really kind of looked at as the number one guy there in Detroit. Is, is, is Golden Tate the guy? Marvin Jones? Uh, they really need a big stud there. Roll Tide number four. Tim Williams, linebacker, going to the Baltimore Ravens. That's a Baltimore Raven pick. Jake Butt, we currently have a number 22, first tight end off the board, to the Washington Redskins. Again, is, is tight end really the biggest need for the Redskins? At a quick glance, you say no. Look a little closer, it just might be. Jordan Reed 
I believe, suffered his sixth concussion this past season. There may be another one. I believe that's six concussions in four years. There's some serious questions about the long-term health of Jordan Reed, if he'll be on this team longer. There's actually even been some whispers that maybe he walks away from the game or maybe he takes a little break. He's been a tremendous um, pass receiver there for the Redskins. I mean, they've got some weapons. Jameson Crowder from Duke has, has kind of emerged as a, as a good player. You've got Deshaun Jackson. You've got, you've got the deep threat. That, that safety blanket's always the tight end, and Jordan Reed's put up some monster numbers. So if they are as worried about Reed long-term as what we're hearing, don't be surprised if the Redskins don't go, I'd say, somewhere in the rounds one, two, or three and get a top-flight tight end. Here with no tight ends off the board, it's just what we have in this scenario. Ryan Ramzik, the offensive tackle, one that's another one that's flying from Wisconsin. We have going to Philadelphia 23. Again, you heard Philadelphia. They were at 19. They gave up their first-round pick for Wentz. But remember, they gained back a first-round pick in the Sam Bradford deal. So 23, that is currently where Minnesota would sit. But the Philadelphia Eagles have that selection. We have that with Ramzik. Again, starting wide receivers of Jordan Matthews and Nelson Aguilar may be the weakest wide receiver starting combination in the NFL. There would probably be a lot of screams here for a wide receiver. Don't, look, don't worry. Eagles will do something a wide receiver, probably in the draft, maybe bring in a free agent or two. But at the same time, you know, the line is something you're going to need, especially with that young quarterback. Lane Johnson suspended again, 10 games that he's out. Jason Peters, again, aging. He's just kind of holding on. There's probably not more than a, another year or two of top-level productivity there. It's probably time to get in a, a good, fresh face, and, and, and in this scenario, again, had a, a top-flight offensive tackle from Wisconsin who seems to churn him out all the time that the Eagles could take advantage of. Dan Feeney, the offensive guard from Indiana, going to the Giants at 24. Giants always looking for help along the line. They've gotten better, but there's been a lot of injuries there, too. The Giants just always seem to be beat up along the offensive and defensive line. It's kind of a kiss of death. It seems like you get drafted or you sign as a free agent with the Giants, and whew, you better update your insurance plan right away. It just seems like you're, you're just bound for injury. It's a team that has just been struck with some bad, bad situations and some bad luck with health along both lines. Lowell Latulale. Defensive tackle out of Utah, and if that last name sounds familiar, that's because his brother Starr was a top-flight pick with the Carolina Panthers and has been very productive. So we have his brother Lowell going to the Texans at 25. Dwayne Smoot, defensive end out of Illinois to the Atlanta Falcons. And again, Atlanta, they're improving. Vic Beasley having a good season. Not, not at star quality yet, but he's getting there. He's getting there. I think they... This could be a situation like Oakland where you're looking at maybe some players like Khalil Mack. Maybe there's a little too much coming from one player. We've got to balance it out a little bit. We've got to get someone in here to help Beasley with that pass-rushing prowess. Here the Falcons do that at number 26. O.J. Howard, tight end. Again, roll tied. Fifth pick in the first round out of Alabama going to the Denver Broncos. 28 Seattle Seahawks. Mike McGlinchey, offensive tackle, Notre Dame. No secret that Seattle, is there an offensive line around the NFL that's been juggled more than the Seahawks over the last two seasons? 
I mean, I don't pretend to know it all. Sometimes it's, you know, a lot of this is subjective and is opinionated. I challenge anyone, give me an email. Tell me a team that has juggled their offensive line more than the Seahawks the last two years. I feel confident in saying you're not going to find one. Kansas City Chiefs at 29, Mike Williams, wide receiver, big Mike Williams. Oh, that's a big, big target right there. Well, if there's a player from the next level that just looks like Dez Bryant with the way he plays, the physicality, just the sheer look, and his deceptive speed, not, not just a speed burner, but a guy, I mean, it's that more of that acceleration and way that he can accelerate and, and gain separation from those opponent, opposing cornerbacks, even catch passes in a crowd. Mike Williams is that guy. Good to see him back after, you know, a year when he had a broken bone in his neck last year and actually had to sit out. So it's good to see him with a productive season. We have him at number 20, 29 going to the Kansas City Chiefs, and there's already been reports that there's four players from Clemson that are going to forego their, their final seasons, with Williams being one of them. Charles Harris, the defensive end, Oakland at number 30. Just what I talked about with Atlanta, 26, same with Oakland. They need to get some other players there to help a, a Khalil Mack. They brought in some players. Uh, they brought in Irvin, Bruce Irvin's uh, helping things from Seattle. But, but again, they need, again they, they need some more bodies there. Um, Charles Harris out of Missouri. At 31, interesting pick here. New England Patriots, Christian McCaffrey, running back Stanford. Again, is running back the biggest need for the Patriots? Not really. But, boy, is McCaffrey kind of that little guy that's going to do it all? He's not exactly little. He's built pretty well. Not a speed guy, but, boy, can he catch the ball out of the backfield. If he's not your starting running back, he'll be in there on third downs. You can split him out as a wide receiver. He can return kicks or punts for you. Very similar to what they had in Danny Woodhead before they, before they lost him. I think that was a valuable piece. I, I really think that the Patriots kind of botched it on that one. Probably should have kept him around a little longer. So I think that uh, McCaffrey would be, he's just someone that seems to fit the mold of a Bill Belichick team. And at 32 right now, believe it or not, Dallas is sitting at the 32 spot. Currently the best record in football. Carl Lawson, defensive end, slash outside linebacker. Again, one of those tweeners out of Auburn. And it's no secret. The way that Dallas has maintained this fantastic year they're having without the consistent pressure along the defensive line. It's been well publicized. Randy Gregory has just looked like an, I mean, you don't want to say bust already, but um, that's about as close as a bust as a bust can be. Put all their, their eggs in the Greg Hardy basket. We saw how that ended up. They've kept Sean Lee healthy. They've had some bounce backs from, play, from players like um, uh, Morse Claiborne is actually staying on the field being productive. The move of of their, their other draft pick, uh, um, Byron Scott out of uh, Connecticut, the fact that they moved him back to safety, I think it's paid dividends. I think there's been some good moves overall by Dallas. And, again, not a team that's really been hit hard with the injury bug. That's something you can never really account for. Dallas has been pretty healthy this year, a lot healthier than they've been in years past. And we all know what Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are doing. That rookie combo, uh, it's a historic season right now. But that would be an area of need. If you look at the Dallas Cowboys right now and say, what's the one area they need more than any, it's probably getting – Consistent pressure on the quarterback along the defensive line. 
So we have Carl Lawson there. We'll quickly go through our second round right now. Cleveland, Tredavious White, cornerback out of LSU at 33. Deshaun Watson, the quarterback out of Clemson. We have gone to San Francisco in round two. Again, Frisco takes Miles Garrett. They can wait for that quarterback. Marcus May, safety, out of Florida, 35 to the Chicago Bears. Sidney Jones, rising corner, out of Washington. Washington's going to have about maybe five, six players drafted in the first four rounds. If all of the players that are, could go pro, we are projecting do. We have Jones going at 36. Gerard Davis, linebacker from Chomp Chomp, University of Florida at 37, going to the Jets. The L.A. Rams with their first pick. Again, they did not have a pick in the first round. We have Roderick Johnson, the offensive tackle, out of Florida State. Could be a first-rounder, but uh, that would be really a steal if they're able to get him at 38. Staying with the Florida State tip, Demarcus Walker, defensive end, going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He'll get to stay in state. Number 40, Carolina Panthers. Corey Davis, the wide receiver from Western Michigan. Is there a better senior wide receiver? There is. Find me one. Corey Davis is just fantastic. It's not like Western Michigan doesn't produce wide receivers. Greg Jennings. It is possible. Smaller school guy, but uh, you know Corey Davis is going to attract a lot of attention. If this guy turns pro, the guy we have at 41, he will as well. Bucky Hodges, tight end from Virginia Tech. We currently have with Arizona. Cameron Sutton, cornerback from the University of Tennessee going to Cincinnati. That happens. I mean, Cincinnati would be taking Barnett and Sutton, uh, Tennessee teammates, both going to to Cincinnati in the first two rounds. Caleb Brantley staying in the SEC, University of Florida, defensive tackle going to Buffalo. Cleveland takes that quarterback at 44 with all these extra picks. Brad Kaya, the quarterback out of Miami. If there's a quarterback that's going to be taken in the first two rounds that we have the most questions about, it's kind of neck and neck right now. Is it Kai or is it Watson? Deshaun Watson, Clemson, great player. Is he going to translate to the NFL? Not 100% sure, but I think his chances are better than Brad Kaya. Kaya's got more of the measurables. He looks like more of the prototypical quarterback. Does he have it between the ears? There are sometimes some questionable decisions that come out there. When things are going well, Brad Kaya is great. Things are going bad, or you start to He's a guy that can get rattled. At 45, the Indianapolis Colts, Raquan McMillan, linebacker, who will also play some uh, defensive end. He gets moved around a lot at Ohio State, but we like uh, McMillan uh, going to Indianapolis. D.D. Westbrook, wide receiver from Oklahoma at 46, going to San Diego. Ethan Pochick, first center off the board, offensive center from LSU going to Miami. We have Marcus Williams going to Pittsburgh at 48. The safety from Utah, that would be the second Ute off the board. 49, the New Orleans Saints with a defensive end, Devontae Fields from Louisville. Again, this is uh, like the fourth college he's been to. When he started, was the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year as a freshman at TCU. Had a host of problems on and off the field. Last year with Louisville, his first year at Louisville, he really came on the second half of the year. He's played well this year, hasn't really had that same just monstrous pace that he had uh, at the end of last year, but everybody sees it there. The right coaching, that guy's a steal. Green Bay, we talked about Washington. Elijah Qualls, defensive tackle, University of Washington going to Green Bay at 50. We talked about the Eagles and the need for wide receivers. Second pass-catching option from Virginia Tech off the board here, Isaiah Ford, wide receiver. 
going to the Eagles at 51. Pat Elfline, center from Ohio State, going to Detroit. Is he a center? Is he a guard? He's had he's, – this is really the first year he's playing full-time center. He's been more of a guard, and we had him as really the top guard, kind of battling Dan Feeney, who he had going in the first round. Um, but playing more center, it should help the – it should help the versatility. There, there's been a little too many penalties called an elf line this year, though. That's the only issue I have. At 53, the Baltimore Ravens, this would be the top pick that we have outside of FBS. There's always those small schoolers. Right now, number 53, we'll call it right now. I mean, I've talked so much about Cooper Cup, who will be off the board in two picks from now. But maybe this is the guy who's picked first. Julian Davenport, offensive tackle from Bucknell University, the bison of Bucknell right here in, in Pennsylvania. Got him currently number 53 going to Baltimore. 54, Cordray Tankersley, the cornerback from Clemson University. Cooper Cup, we just talked about him, another non-FBS player. 55th overall to Minnesota. This is Minnesota's first pick. Again, they would have lost their first rounder in the Sam Bradford uh, deal. We have him going to the Minnesota Vikings. Cooper Cup out of Eastern Washington. He's been putting up monster stats since he was a sophomore. Tyquan Lewis, defensive end out of Ohio State University going to the Giants. I love this. If there's one cornerback that I think is too low on this board and has maybe top ten potential that's sitting in the second round right now, it's right here at number 57. Chidobe Awuze, the corner from Colorado, going to the Houston Texans, tremendous value. Big-time player here. I think before it's all said and done, he I don't know if he's going to challenge – to be the top corner, I don't think he's got the top-line speed that a lot of those teams are going to look for. You know, speed numbers, like an Eli Apple last year. He throws up some ridiculous speed numbers, really had no business being in the top ten. And he's not really been lighting it up there in the Giants. He's been in the doghouse a couple of games. Those speed numbers are a little bit deceptive. I think more for cornerbacks now than they, they used to be for wide receivers. And I think because he's not that top-end speed guy, he's going to go a little bit later. But, boy, can he play. Him and Desmond King are probably the most solid corners that are going to be draft eligible this year. They're actually both seniors. 58, the Atlanta Falcons. we got Casey Tucker, the offensive tackle from Stanford. Jordan Lewis, the corner from Michigan, going to the Denver Broncos at 59-60. The Seattle Seahawks just staying right there in uh, Michigan country. Chris Wormley, their defensive tackle. Marcus Haynes, the outside linebacker, University of Missouri. He doesn't have far to go. He'll be staying in state, going to the Kansas City Chiefs. 62, the Oakland Raiders, another University of Washington Husky. Buda Baker, is he a corner? Is he a safety? He's another guy that can kind of do it all. But we have him at 62 right now, helping that Oakland secondary. Deion Dawkins, offensive tackle from Temple. Another guy who's kind of rising. Maybe isn't picked this high, but just, again, just seems to be a New England Patriot-type player. We have him going to the Patriots at number 63. And the last pick that we'll, we'll break down really here, Carlos Watkins, defensive tackle, going to the Cowboys from, from of course, Clemson. That would be a defensive end and a defensive tackle going to Dallas in the first two rounds. Talking a little more about college football right now. We'll, we'll focus a little more on the pro game during our next podcast. We're talking college right now. The college football playoff. I mean, 
We all saw last week, two, three, and four all go down. Louisville goes down on a Thursday game. What is going on? Ohio State barely survives today. Michigan's playing right now. As I'm recording this, it is currently scoreless about five minutes into the game against Indiana. This could be the year that maybe we see two teams from the same conference get in. Ohio State, they're, they're kind of locked out of the Big Ten title game right now. Ohio State wins out. Think about this. If Ohio State defeats Michigan next weekend, there's a good chance they still don't see the Big Ten title game because Penn State, who has two losses, they got their little heinies kicked earlier in the year by Michigan, but of course they beat Ohio State. That head-to-head win would propel them to the Big Ten title game if Ohio State is able to beat Michigan. All signs would kind of point to Penn State with a much easier schedule, kind of winning out, and there's a good chance that they would take on Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin has all but locked it up on their side. Wisconsin only two losses all year. Ohio State and Michigan, they were in both games. They did not have to play Penn State this year. But again, Penn State with two losses, but they're playing very, very well right now. Saquon Barkley, that's a running back we'll probably see at the next level at some point. But you've got to think, they, they've got two losses. Um, the, the, the Nittany Lions had an early one-point loss at the hands of Pitt. And Pitt, look at them right now, 6-4. and four, They've lost some close games. But Pitt's got two victories against top ten programs. Penn State right now is number nine going into this week in the college football college football playoff rankings and of course they're the team that handed the first loss of the year to Clemson so Pitt's got some impressive impressive wins on their resume although it looks like they will not get to the ACC championship game looks like that's going to be Virginia Tech on that side of the on that side looking like a Virginia Tech Clemson ACC title game looked like Louisville had a sliver of a chance but I think Houston just ended that with a resounding thud on Thursday night with a very convincing win. We hear so much about the college football playoffs saying that they place a huge emphasis on conference championships. This is going to be the year to put up or shut up. I mean, I know that's what we say, but if Oklahoma runs the table, is Oklahoma better than Ohio State? Mm, no. If Washington doesn't run the table, do we still put Washington in there if they get a second loss? This really could be a year. And I don't want to hear if Alabama actually trips up and loses a game late that Alabama would not be number one right now. I'm so sick and tired. We saw it last week. Oh, Louisville's number three in the rankings now. Really? Why was Louisville ahead of Clemson? Clemson just lost later in the year. That's it. So you're, you're penalizing a team for losing later in the season, for staying undefeated longer. And Louisville's one loss this year before Houston was against, oh, my gosh, Clemson. Why in your right mind would you put them behind them? doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. And now with a second loss, we don't have to worry about that argument. I think this is going to be a year – where, where the talk is going to be loud. If Ohio State is shut out of this 
Big Ten title game, should they be in the top four? They're one of the best four programs. They're number two in the Fierce 40. You figure them and Michigan, they're going to take care of each other next week. Winner of that game is probably number two behind Alabama. So if Ohio State wins it, why wouldn't they be one of the four best? Why wouldn't they get a – I'm not a proponent of giving two teams from the same conference half of the college football playoff allotted spaces. But I don't just want to give it to a team that I feel is undeserving just because they're from another conference. We can't put two Big Ten teams in. We can't put two SEC teams in. If they're deserving, I think you can. But it's got to be an overwhelming case. Got to be an overwhelming case. And right now, I don't, I don't think you can put in an Oklahoma or an Oklahoma State. You just can't. Anyway, that's all we got time for this week. We're going to have a little more on the pro tip probably next week some point. We'll have a podcast probably within the next 10 days with an updated mock draft, probably 10.0 coming your way soon. Enjoy it as always. Take a couple of mailbag questions at that point. But anyway, keep logging into draftsite.com again. We've got the seven-round mock. We've got your extra round for comp picks. We've got it all. We'll get some uh, a little more Zach and a little more Jared involvement in some upcoming shows. Stay strong, people. DJ out. Did I wait? Hesitate? Did I stutter when I said I'd be there, baby? I did not call or give my all. Is there another who can make you feel this way? It's not what you do, it's what you don't do. Say it's what you don't say It's not what you choose, it's what you won't choose It's not that I'm gone, it's that I'm gone away Why can't you see what you mean to me? It's not who you are, it's who you can't be It's not what you were, it's what they said you did It's the negative space, babe, it's what it is It's the negative space Why can't you see?